Whether you're the casual hockey observer or the epitome of a rabid Hawks fan, Blackhawks Live answers all your questions. It's just been a good sign this year that they all seem to be having fun getting along and working hard. I love those three things together. Joe Brand delivers the news, notes, and everyday gossip from the Madhouse on Madison. Here's Joe Brand. It's early. It's a small sample size, but I don't think that the first three games for the Chicago Blackhawks really couldn't have gone any better than what they did. Again, a 1-2-0 record, but we know what type of Blackhawks team this is heading into this year. We know what the organization is planning on doing. Three solid efforts and pulled out a win against a team that you probably should beat in the San Jose Sharks on Saturday, but more importantly, 60 minutes of effort, or pretty much 60 minutes of effort, for three straight games to kick off the 2022-2023 season. How's it going, everyone? I'm Joe Brand. Welcome to Blackhawks Live, our weekly show where we break down the team and everything that's gone on over the last week. Our producer is Jack Heinrich. Scott Darling is going to join the show after the 7.30 news. and We've got plenty to get to as the Hawks now three games in have officially begun their season and there is a lot of positives to pull. If you've been listening on the live broadcast with John Weidman and Troy Murray, uh, we've been able to break down a lot of those positives after the games, and uh, you may have even found the opportunity to join in. 312-981-7200. You can do that on the post-game show this year. You can do that here on Blackhawks Live. You can also send us a text at that same number, 312-981-7200. I'm curious, Blackhawks fans, where are you at right now in terms of your emotions on this team? It seems like, again, three games in, small sample size, short start to the season, but a good effort against the Colorado Avalanche. A great effort against the Vegas Golden Knights with just a one nothing loss. And then an effort against the San Jose Sharks that wasn't all up to par after the first 20 minutes. But they were able to turn things around, pull off an even strength, and then two shorthanded goals to beat San Jose on Saturday by a score of 5-2. to Let's talk about that game on Saturday because it was Luke Richardson's first win with his new team of the Chicago Blackhawks. Technically his first head coaching win. He had a win with the Montreal Canadiens when filling in uh, as the head coach during the 2020 playoffs. But this is his real first official win. It sounds like Patrick Kane gave him the game puck after Saturday's game against San Jose, so that's a pretty cool situation. And again, everything we have heard about this new head coach has been pretty promising and been pretty uplifting, and everyone seems to have the same general consensus of who Luke Richardson is as a person, first and foremost, but also how he is as a hockey leader, and more importantly, where he's leading this Blackhawks team towards as he starts over with this new gig and starts this Blackhawks rebuild. So again, Saturday night, the first 13 minutes against San Jose, Hawks got off to a pretty good start. And I said this in the postgame show, that is not the case from last year. The Blackhawks were not getting off to good starts to begin the game especially at the beginning of the season. Then they went through a coaching change that gave them a little bit of a shot in the arm, but that was not consistent. And again, it's only been three games this year, but a good start has been consistent for this team. They had the first five shots on goal on Saturday against San Jose. Then they faltered off a little bit. Sharks had six of the next seven shots on goal, one of them being a goal, and then they were able to squeak in another goal for a 2 nothing lead in the final minute of that first period. All of a sudden, you're thinking, okay, is this the regression that we're expecting to see from the Hawks after a solid start? 
Fortunately, rather fortunately for the Hawks, they were able to turn things around. And here's what Luke Richardson had to say about what was going on in the locker room. We were really good the first half of the first period. And then I think we thought it was coming maybe a little too easy. And we took the foot off the pedal and had a couple scrambly D zones. And, uh, you know, they ended up capitalizing on that and just kind of went went to the dressing room after the first. And I just chat with the guys and credit to all the leaders in that room that, you know, I didn't say too much, but I make them realize what, what went on in the period that we were moving our legs and then we weren't. And that was the biggest thing. And the compete level had to rise up. And I think the veterans took that uh, one step further. And, and I thought we came out and played great. We Unfortunately, we had a few penalties, but penalty kill was solid. I think even the first one, and after that, we had four lines rolling. Everybody was just buying in and, and really moving, and then we got a couple of really good breaks with uh, those two guys are have a lot of speed, and we've talked about that before, and uh, I think they're uh, obviously a great match for us in the penalty kill, and, then, and it's very dangerous for the other team. They have to be on their toes because they can make you pay, which they did tonight. So that was probably the turning point. We heard many people talk about how much Luke Richardson is a player's coach. We've heard about how stoic he is in the locker room, and I think that's a huge example of it right there. He said he didn't have to say much. He let the leaders of that room kind of take the stage and say what needed to be said. I think that's huge for a first-year coach because he's just able to read the room. He understands that there's leaders like Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane in the room that have been in that position before where they need to speak up, or rather do speak up when they know they need to speak up. That was the case. That happened. And then Luke Richardson just added his own two cents about, okay, here's why we're down 2 nothing. And that also just really coincides with everything that was going on in the preseason. You heard young guys like Isaac Phillips say they're not afraid to ask questions. It's more of a learning moment. These coaches are, are there to teach, inform, and tweak. There's, there's not a lot of pressure in that room. And I do think that starts from the top. You got Kyle Davidson in in his first year as the general manager for this team. He probably doesn't feel that much pressure as of right now. That doesn't mean he's he's not working hard or anything, but I mean, the Blackhawks have basically given him the keys to the car and have allowed him to go through with this rebuild. I mean, you don't just get to trade Alex to Brinkett. There's going to be a lot of trust that goes into you in order for that to happen. So, it's probably a good time right now for a guy like Luke Richardson to have that presence where you you don't have to totally hammer in these philosophies to this team. They understand this is going to take some time. They understand that everyone's got to be a little patient. But the thing is, the players are responding to it quite quickly. You see guys being bought in. You got you. You see guys responding and doing the things that Luke Richardson wants to do. In that second period, we see a five-on-five goal from Jonathan Taves. First even-strength goal for the Hawks this year. Second goal for Jonathan Taves, by the way. He scored his first in-game number one against Colorado. It was also the Blackhawks' first goal of the season. Jonathan Taves with two goals in three games. It took him 29 games last year to get to that. And then afterwards... Blackhawks get two shorthanded goals, both by Sam Lafferty. We already know what his work ethic is like from last season. But he got the assist from Jason Dickinson, who was making his Blackhawks debut. A guy that's coming over from Vancouver that kind of had a depleted offensive year last season when he was brought in, coming from Dallas, where he was pretty good at scoring goals and picking up points. He talked with the media before that game on Saturday, saying he's kind of put too much pressure on himself. He, he didn't allow himself to just go out there and play hockey. He was he was very uh, overly focused. And it seems like 
he has taken a lot of pressure off of himself. Later on, there was a good block by Tyler Johnson. That turned into a Taylor Radish goal. And Luke Richardson thinks that that was the turning point of the game. Oh, that was huge, huge. Our, our bench erupted, and that's a sign of a team. When you're excited for a player and, and someone sacrificing like that, and then you saw like JJ at the end, like uh, our fourth lines out there doing a great job, giving us energy, and he has you know enough awareness that we, we're tired. The two guys are changing. He stays over by the penalty box because they were going to do a quick up and try and strike with about five minutes left, and it's just a little play. But, you know, guys are thinking out there. They're playing for each other. They're not just saying, oh, I'm just going off and let the other guy handle the D-zone pressure and change. It's just a little play in the game, but it goes a long way. So Johnny was huge there on the block, and I think he did a little uh, tackle on the guy at the same time, so it gave Radish a lot of time on the breakaway. So uh, it was nice to see a lot, of, uh, a lot of rewarding tonight for us in the goal column because I think we did sacrifice. For those of you keeping score at home, Johnny is not Jonathan Taves. It's Tyler Johnson. Uh, Jonathan Taves, of course, would be Taser, and then there's a Jack Johnson, and there's a Reese Johnson, and a whole bunch of crazy Blackhawks nicknames uh, throughout this year. But I, I think the main thing to pull from that is Tyler Johnson blocks that shot, Blackhawks turn it into a breakaway for Taylor Radish, he scores his first goal of the year, and the bench erupted. And this is Game 3. This is a team in their first year of a rebuild, and they're finding that continuity, they're finding that chemistry Right then and there. Listen, I understand that this is a whole lot of Kool-Aid to be drinking right now. I know this is overly positive, but again, it's a first year of a rebuild. This is supposed to be a long, rocky season. And three games in, you've got an entire roster bought into the system, and it seems to be led by a very noble head coach. We'll see how it goes throughout the year, but so far it's been a good start It's been a lot of fun to see. We've got a lot to get to on Blackhawks Live. Again, Scott Darling will be joining us later on in the show. We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk about what the Rockford Icehogs did over the weekend, and we'll break down some of the bets with our Caesar Sportsbook segment. Caesar Sportsbook, you bet, you get. All that and more coming up next. Blackhawks Live, 720 WGN. Just wide of the cage, Hogs keep possession. Sini, left wing side, looking to go, fires, scores! Sini, short side high, Ice Hawks in overtime, win this one 5-4. to four. That's our guy Joey Zakszewski, play-by-play voice of the Rockford Ice Hogs, does a fantastic job. You might remember hearing him here on WGN Radio, doing a few Blackhawks games last year. And that was Rockford's opener last Saturday. They took down the Manitoba Moose. 5-4 to four in overtime on Saturday. They were down 3 nothing in the third period. Tied up that game, getting goals from Luke Philp, David Gust, Lucas Reichel. And then Manitoba actually took a 4-3 lead. Ice Hogs tied it up again. Another goal from Philp at 4. And then Sini with the overtime game-winning goal. Uh, unfortunately, they were shut out the following day. 4 nothing on Sunday to the same team of the Manitoba Moose. But 1-1-0-0 to start the year are the Rockford Ice Hogs. Their home opener will be this upcoming Saturday against the reigning Calder Cup champion, Chicago Wolves. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live. We're talking everything and all Hawks from the entire past week. We'll do this every Monday night unless there's a complicated issue with either a Blackhawks game or a Northwestern game. But Always thrilled to have you here with us. If you've got a thought, if you've got something you'd like to talk about, 312-981-7200, or you could shoot us a text with that same number. We are also going to have Scott Darling joining us after the 7.30 news, but wanted to get to more on our Caesar Sportsbook segment. Try to say that five times fast. Uh, 
On Twitter, we do throw out some bets before each game, just keeping an eye on some things. And, of course, if you do gamble, gamble responsibly. We are not advocating to go ahead and throw a paycheck on the Blackhawks' recommendations that we throw out. Just some cordial recommendations that you can look into, make your own educated guess on. Uh, And we did okay this past week. We actually, let's see, hit 5 on a 9, over 500, not too bad. I uh, got some help from one of our producers, Jimmy Nash, over the week. He went on the long shot of a Taylor Radish goal on Saturday for a payout of plus 380, and we nailed it. Well, Jimmy nailed it. I, I won't take credit for that, but uh, what we just heard about the Tyler Johnson block shot that led to a Taylor Radish breakaway, big turning point of the game, Luke Richardson said, uh, that was a pretty good payout if you were following along with us on our pregame show of that game. Something else I brought up last week as the Hawks are going to be taking on the Detroit Red Wings on Friday for the home opener. Tickets still available, I believe. Check out Blackhawks.com. I do think that the Detroit Red Wings heading to the playoffs might be a worthy bet. Looking like they're at plus 280. They're already 2-0. They've got a good young core, a lot of talent. Actually, former Blackhawk Dominic Kubelik getting in the mix on that team. New head coach and Derek Lalone. And yes, I know it's literally Detroit sucks week. Yes, I, I would throw out the idea of thinking about taking Detroit to make the playoffs this year. Something else we were bringing up last week was Minnesota winning the Central. They have not gotten off to a great start. In fact, former Blackhawk Marc-Andre Fleury, a bit of a rocky start this year. Uh, they are a payout of plus 400 to win the Central. That was before the season started, uh, so maybe keep an eye on that. Uh, we also went with the New York Rangers winning the Stanley Cup. They're off to a pretty good start. They did have a 4-1 loss to Winnipeg on Friday, but a 2-1-0 start to that year. As we'll uh, follow those along all year long. Again, some of those futures bets aren't there to just throw a little bit of money on a big payout and cash out big. It's an opportunity to feel it out throughout the year, see if there's an opportunity to cash out early, make a profit, and that is a way to gamble responsibly. Again, uh, just trying to give our best advice on it. Not trying to uh, make extremes either way. Scott Darling is going to be our guest after the 7.30 news. He's joining the TV broadcast. He's going to be hopping on with Pat Boyle and the crew on NBC Sports Chicago for the pre-post and intermission segments. Uh, what an interesting career, but honestly, what an interesting life for Scott Darling. He's had a, a pretty layered life at just 33 years old. Obviously, Blackhawk fans remember him as the Stanley Cup winning goaltender from the Chicagoland area, grew up in Lamont, rooted for the Blackhawks as a kid, and then won a Stanley Cup championship with his favorite team. Now he's on the media side, but he's putting his own little personal twist on it. He does some stand-up comedy in Chicago. It seems like he's he's really finding a niche for himself, and that's pretty cool because, like I said earlier, he's had an interesting life. He's had to deal with some rough situations throughout his earlier life, his college days. Uh, maybe we'll bring up that to him, but again, we're more focused on his role now on NBC Sports Chicago, what he's bringing to that broadcast, and I do think he's bringing a lot, and just a unique and personal twist coming from Scott Darling, who was a very fan favorite throughout the city, too, and and how could you not? Again, hometown kid making it with his favorite team growing up and then winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, Again, more just positive things to pull up from the Hawks through three games. We're seeing Jonathan Taves off to a fantastic start. Obviously not the case last season. Keep in mind, though, 
It was over a year of him not having competitive hockey beginning last season. So it makes a little bit more sense to find his groove right away. There was a great article by Mark Lazarus of The Athletic pointing out that the preseason is different for a guy that's been in the NHL for so long, that has won three Stanley Cups, that has done so much in his hockey career. Sometimes the preseason just isn't there for you. You know, it's 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 hard to get up on that. And not that Jonathan Taves was taking off those games, but he just understands the severity of flipping on a switch. And not saying that that's indeed what happened when the season began, but just goes to show you that the guy's still a pro, and he still is taking this all very seriously and taking himself very seriously. So it's been fun to see him get off to such a great start. We're still waiting to see Patrick Kane's first goal of the year. Seeing how he's working in that line with Max Domi, Andreas Athanasiu. Definitely having some growing pains there, but that is also expected. And again, Hawks coming off a 5-2 win over San Jose. Steve Ruxton has the news next. After that, we've got Scott Darling. Blackhawks live on 720 WGN. Put a pass in the slot. Smith Ellis, he shoots. Darling is down with a butterfly save. home passing to Ribeiro. Now to Forsberg over the hot line. He shoots. Kick save is made by Darling. Down to Wilson along the right boards. Cuts to the slot. Gave it to Ribeiro. He fired a shot. Darling is down with a butterfly save. He's lost his goal stick. And then from behind the net, Ribeiro tried to bank one off of Darling's equipment and have it go into the hot net. But Darling shut the door there. Scott Darling, the Chicago area native, putting on a show here in the Music City. That's why John Wideman's one of the best. Scott Darling, a hometown hero, Stanley Cup champ, and now broadcaster on the Blackhawks. NBC Sports Chicago pre-post and intermission coverage. He's joining Pat Boyle, Colby Cohen, Kaylee Chelios, all that fine crew. And he joins us now on Blackhawks Live on WGN Radio. Scott, how's it going, man? Thanks so much for joining us. No worries. Uh, I'm great. How are you? Doing great, doing great. Uh, listen, I, I definitely want to get into what you're going to be doing this year on the TV side and uh, everything about you. But really quick, what's what's impressed you about this Blackhawks team so far? Uh, I mean, I'm biased, but got to say the goaltending. <laughs> I, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I did want to ask about Pete Mrazek and Alex Stalock, that's that's two goaltenders that have no problem playing the puck. Alex Stalock especially, and he's actually said that he feels like he has to do that because his size, he's not one of the biggest goaltenders. H- how much of that really goes into a goaltender's confidence? I mean, you're a bigger guy. Did you did you feel more confident in between the pipes because of your size? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, for Alex... He's on the smaller side, uh, you know, on the spectrum of, so he has to be aggressive and play out. But he is honestly probably the best puck puck handling goalie I've seen since Marty Turco. Um, And, you know, for the Hawks, you know, and Mrazic's a great puck handler too, so that's really helping. Like, you can't dump the puck in on the Hawks this year because the goalies are going to get it right out of the zone. So, that's going to be a huge attribute for the boys to uh, to help help the team. Yeah, and it seems pretty cool too that Luke Richardson is all for it, and he feels that that can incorporate with his offense and his defensive scheme. And I don't know, wouldn't be surprised to see a couple assists from each goaltender this year. Yeah, they'll, they'll be putting up points. <laughs> <laughs> 
Scott, let's talk about you and what you're doing now. It's it's really cool because it seems like a good combination of everything you're good at. Talking about hockey, being in front of an audience, putting your own personal twist on this on this new gig. What are you most excited about this new role? Um, it's just fun. It's you know, uh, as a you know, one year retired, just starting a new endeavor. You know, taking on a new challenge um, and. It's been a lot of fun. You know, I've only done one game so far. I think my next game is a home opener. And, um, you know, everyone there is great. And, you know, I'm a little baby. You got to hold my hand and tell me, just tell me what to do. Like, like I'm an athlete. It's like, you tell me what to do, I'll do it the best I can. And so um, it's, uh, it's very exciting for me. I do remember you being really good with the media. Did you ever envision yourself being in this kind of position when you figured your hockey career would be over? Um, not really. Um, but, you know, as I've, you know, kind of transitioned out of playing, um, you know, I've gotten into stand-up comedy and kind of like, kind of lear- like being more, you know, kind of like when you're playing, you're kind of like buttoned up, like, you know, because I'm a goofball in real life, but you're kind of like buttoned up and not being, you know, who you really are. Um, and so I, I'm excited to kind of bring that into, you know, Blackhawks fans' lives, like in their living rooms. So I'm excited to, um, you know, share my you know, knowledge from playing and also kind of, you know, bring some light to what could be uh, the, the greatest season. <laughs> Yeah, just just letting your hair down, letting loose, and being yourself. Uh, t- tell me more about the stand-up comedy. How did you first get into that? Um, so I've always loved stand-up. I never thought I would actually do it. Um, and then I was watching a show at the Laugh Factory in Chicago, and uh, this comedian went on, and he was hilarious. So we had the same type of humor. And I met him in the lobby, like just by happenstance, you know, Blackhawks, like whatever. And he, we became great friends. His name's Ray Wisbrock. And um, he told me, he's like, just try it. Do it one time. Just, you know, open for me once. If you don't like it, well, you know, I'll never ask you to do it again. So him and I, we drove to Valparaiso, Indiana. And I did it. And I was terrible. Um, and, but I loved it. Like, I loved it. Wow. The, like nervous, anxious excitement, like the rush up your spine. It like reminded me of playing in the NHL. And, um, ever since then I've been, you know, that's, you know, my big, my, my favorite thing that I do most nights. <laughs> Did, uh, I, I mean, what what about it was was so rough the first time? Was it just crickets? Was was it no jokes for Landon? Or what what do you think went wrong with it? It was just like I, I was like I look back because like I I was so like monotone. I was so nervous. Like you just see it on me. <laughs> like I was so like you know bland and you know slow. And like now, now that I've like gotten more comfortable, like now it's like put a mic in my hand, like let's go, like let's go, and I just turn it on, and I'm eccentric and loud, and you know my humor is like kind of dark, um, but 
I, I look back at like because I, I call it like game game tape because I, I film all my you know shows so um, watching from where I started to where I am now it's you know it, it's just like anything you got to work at it and get good and, you know it's been uh, it's been going pretty well. Yeah, and I'll echo that because I've seen a couple of clips that you've posted or that are just online, and you don't look nervous at all on those. So I, I'm actually kind of surprised. I mean, listen, I it takes guts to do stand up, so I can only imagine what the first trial is like. Um, but it's just like anything; you got to practice to get better. Was there any good advice you got for doing stand up comedy? Well, I mean, yeah, I've gotten a lot of good advice, um, but the big thing is like you ha- you have to like be okay with like not doing good one night right you know like bombing you know like as me as an athlete like i if i had a bad game i would like lose sleep for days over it you know and early on in comedy if i bombed like i would like you know oh my like i just couldn't stop thinking about it and comedians like you know there's always a, a there's always another stage there's always another show like, just because, like, I mean, humble brag. I haven't bombed that many times in my <laughs> new comedy career, but um, I have. I'd probably say I have like three bombs. Um, but it's just like being okay. And, and, you know, the hecklers, it's like it reminds me the same thing playing hockey, like the people you hear on Twitter, but like a heckler in, in front of you when you're actually like in the, you know, a theater and right. improv, like, you know, kind of just like. Just like don't let it eat away at you, and because like it's gonna happen. So that's like um, a, a big thing that early on it was hard for me. But now, like I don't care. Like you can, I've been heckled. Someone tried to run me out of Laugh Factory a couple weeks ago, and I, oh, I, I put him in a grave. You so. okay? All right, because that's. <laughs> I feel like that's the most challenging thing about stand-up comedy, but it also makes the best comedians is when they're able to give it back because it's so real. You don't have time to prepare for that at all. Yeah, I mean, like so this guy, it, it, uh, one of the things about comedy, like new, when I'm like practicing, it's like time. You need time. So you have to worry about, you know, how many jokes you can tell and all this stuff. And this guy, he he tried to, like, just a front row, just a, just a heckler, just a guy who's like just there to ruin someone's night. And he took like two minutes out of my set, just giving it to me. And I was like, but I, I mean, I put him in a body bag, <laughs> and so it's just, and even that in itself is like funny for the audience to like, um, you know, see that. So, is is there anything from that retaliation radio arable remind you that you're on the radio right now? Anything from that that you can share with us? <laughs> yeah, the guy. So I I have like a nervous tick when I'm on stage. And so I I looked down, and this guy thought I was reading like notes, but I I wasn't. And he was like memorize it, memorize. It. I was like, I'm not reading anything. I just like when I do my punchlines, I kind of look down after. Like that's you know a thing. Mm-hmm. And I he was like, you're a bum, you're a bum. And I was like, I was like, you know what the best part about winning the Stanley Cup is? I don't care what you have to say to me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you're a loser, you're a loser. And I was like, uh, dude, I was like, I made $20 million playing hockey. I, I really don't care what comes out of your mouth. 
And then he's like, I'm, I'm getting up. I'm getting up. You're putting me to sleep. You're putting me to sleep. You're reading it. And I was like, you probably should go to sleep because you got to get up and work at Walmart tomorrow. Like, and, and <laughs> just, you know, just like back and forth. And like, we went back and forth for like two minutes. And I was like, oh my God, I'm, I, I didn't have that much time on set that night. So I was like, just, you know, some people are, that's. <sighs> right, right. Well, it, I mean, you, you clearly got some of those confidence backers in your back pocket with the Stanley Cup ring and, and some of the money you've made. So I'm sure that definitely helps. But that's the cool thing about you, Scott, is you're very open. You know, you're, you're not afraid to shy away from uh, your life and what you've gone through. I, I just reread your Players' Tribune article, and it's just, it's so enlightening. And it's it's just, what a story. And uh, I, I think it's important that you are vocal about it and express yourself because people who might be going through the same types of situations might feel the need to bottle it up and, and hide from it. And, uh, you know, you, you basically explained how getting help and, and talking to people and, and expressing emotions helped you out so much. I mean, is, is there anything that you want to, to put out there to somebody that might be going through a rough time because, you know, you're such a success story of it? I mean, honestly, talk like it. I, I, you know, I went through things when I was younger and, and now even as an adult, like it turned like a corner in my, like 31, I'd say 30. And it's like being vulnerable. If you're having just talk, like have this, your friends, family, anybody in your life, like don't be embarrassed about how you're feeling. Like just like, even to this day, I'll call my mom. I'm 33 years old. If I'm having a rough day, I'll like call my mom and tell her how I'm feeling or my therapist who unfortunately just passed away on me. Oh my gosh. So I gotta find a new one. But, <laughs> um, so I, I have new jokes about that in my stand-up too. <laughs> um, you, you did say you have dark humor. I mean, I, I know it all comes from a good, pla- just, a good place. I mean, just, it's okay to be vulnerable. Right. And right. that's something that took me a while to learn. Um, but if I'm having a bad day, I, I call my best friend. I'm like, man, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just having a bad day. Like, talk you know that that's my biggest advice is don't be afraid like you're not a wuss because you're you're feeling sad or like you know struggling with something like that's what your friends and your network and your family's for it's it's, it's okay it doesn't make you less of a, like a, a person to be feeling some way so um that's my biggest advice that took me a while to learn and that's coming from a hockey player, Stanley Cup champ. I, I think it's it's important that you say that kind of yeah, stuff, Scott. I'll, I'll beat the wheels off you, but I'll cry sometimes. <laughs> so it's like, I'm, like it doesn't make you less of a person, right? You know? It's a good balance. It's a necessary balance. Yeah. Very cool. Well, hey, Scott, listen, I mean, you're the competition. You're on the pre-post intermission for TV. We do it on the radio side, but you're, you're just such a guy that I wanted on the show. That's why you're here. So it's not often we put the rival uh, content on, on the air with us, but really appreciate you taking time out of your Monday night and, uh, you know, hope, hoping to get to know you along this year and, and really looking forward to somewhat working with you. All right. All right, Scott, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll see you down the road, okay? All right. Thanks, man. That is Scott Darling again. Stanley Cup champ with the Blackhawks in 2015 and now part of the NBC Sports broadcast crew for pre, post, and intermission. We've got one more segment to get to. We'll talk a little business with the Hawks. Are you a fan of these new advertisements on the boards? I am, but apparently Calgary, or rather uh, Vancouver and Edmonton, had a few glitches. We'll talk about that and the Blackhawks' new campaign, Ready to Work. We'll finish up Blackhawks Live next, 720 WGN. 
They say rebuilds are hard. I make no mistake. This is a rebuild. This is Chicago. We love ourselves a good rebuild. They once rebuilt the entire city after a fire so big, they're still calling it great. Was it easy? No. And keep in mind, these are the same people who drink Malort by choice. So yeah, rebuilds are hard. For other cities. Can't say I drink Malort by choice, but I, I do appreciate the sentiment. And a great piece by the Blackhawks marketing crew is, again, the new slogan for this year is ready to work, and it makes sense. First year into a rebuild, you hear John Weideman say it at the beginning of every broadcast, and three games in, the Blackhawks sure have worked. Uh, only have a few more kind of seconds left, but I uh, wanted to bring up the new board advertisement throughout the NHL TV broadcast. I know we have every game on the radio here on 720 WGN, but if you're cheating and you're watching on TV, uh, you might have noticed the new board advertisement. It's all virtual. It, it all kind of rotates and all of the boards change at once. I'm a fan of it, but the game of uh, Vancouver and Edmonton had a couple of glitches. It was getting kind of foggy where the players were. Uh, hopefully that gets fixed, but I do think it's cool. It's a little modern. kind of reminds me of the game NHL, so uh, hopefully more cool things like that moving forward. Big thanks to Scott Darling for joining the show. Big thanks to our producer, Jack Heinrich. Again, the Blackhawks next play on Friday against the Detroit Red Wings. Home opener from the United Center. Tickets still available. John Landecker is next, but before that, Steve Ruxton has your news. Thanks for listening to Blackhawks Live 720 WGN.